Triple H FM Sports in association with Atlas Chartered Accountants. The Post, Hornsby RSL and ISC Sports welcomes you to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. And now here's your host, the Raging Bull, Anthony Caruso. Good evening and welcome to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. Anthony LeBull Caruso and we are now ready to kick off our wrap of the summer of cricket for season 2021-22. And we're going to start off with the first season that finished off during the uh, during the autumn, the Sydney Shires Cricket Wrap. There were plenty of surprises that came out through this competition and plenty of discussion points to come out of it for what will happen with this competition going forward. I can't do this alone, and I need some genuine Shires alumni to join me. And who better than the doyen, of Northwest Sydney Cricket and one of the lead sports callers from Alive FM, Dave McDonald. Good evening to you. That's quite an introduction. Good evening to you, Bull. Uh, mate, great to be here and talk Shires Cricket as always. Uh, it's been quite an interesting year and, uh, yeah, look forward to discussing how we went with our predictions. Oh, absolutely. And uh, some some talking points. It's going to come out in terms of the way that the competition was run and sort of the way that it's going to go forward. So um, plenty to discuss. And there was a couple of interesting bits of changes. And in particular, Maka, one bit of hot news that came out during the course of the season that could have discussions about whether the long-term future of one of the clubs. I must say, I don't know a lot about this. It's hard for me to really comment. Uh, but again, the, the cricket grapevine uh, is large. Uh, I have heard about that. Um, as I said, hard for me to comment, Bull, to be honest, but uh, I think um, the last thing that the Shires competition needs is to lose a club. Well, let's see what happens. We've got plenty to talk through. We've got five, well, we've got six grades to talk about and what happened in each of them. So with that, the umpires, huge ass and strikes back are in position and it has ticked over time to begin. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters. And the first section we'll do today is the first grade competition. And Maka, if last year was something to prepare us for in terms of upsets with the run that Epping had last year, nothing could prepare us for what was to come from Balmain, South Sydney. Yeah, phenomenal effort from them this year, uh, Bull. Uh, 58 points they finished on. They were obviously 11 points clear of Burwood. But uh, in the end, they were the best side all year. Uh, and convincingly, I mean, that was quite a result in the final for them to to smash Burwood. Um, obviously, there was a lot of information we didn't realise uh, in our uh, predictions about, obviously, some of the, the, the talent that was coming to the club. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a team that had been built up through connections through the New South Wales Premier Cricket Competition, but... At the same time, not from what you would expect from the South Sydney of old. A lot of guys sort of mid-tier New South Wales Premier Cricket, especially from the likes of Mossman and UNSW, all coming together as mates and have made for a very strong lineup. 
Well, it certainly did, and uh, I suppose a great formula of, of, a, of a team is having that mateship. So that's obviously been quite a successful uh, formula this year for Bowmain South, and 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 uh, it's been quite a long time between drinks uh, since first grade premierships. I can remember certainly playing against some incredible uh, South Sydney sides before the merger. Uh, in ones, um, so congratulations to them. And uh, again, like obviously, uh, the, the spots of Burwood, Warringah, Auburn, not too far behind, uh, but still they were pretty close in two, three, and four. But again, they were nearly two games ahead. So uh, full credit to them. And uh, one we one a bit of a spatter in the works for our predictions. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll go through the predictions as we went as we go through some of them. No, no real surprise. Auburn, we tipped. To, to be in the top four, and that certainly happened. Same thing with Burwood. We're a little bit unlucky with Epping. We tipped them to finish in the top four. Not, not Didn't miss by much in terms of positions. Uh, and then you know, a couple of the other ones more towards the bottom and the middle certainly came into place with a big miss. Uh, I think the two big misses for mine was Balmain, obviously, Balmain South Sydney, obviously. We tipped them for the bottom four. They finished first. The other one was Warringah. I we had tipped them to finish around that middle five, and they end up finishing third. Well, yeah, it was a big miss, but uh, full credit to them, uh, mate. Probably again, you being a Warringah boy, uh, I think you've got probably some uh, good inside knowledge. But again, they performed quite well as a, as a team this year, uh, mate. And, and and for me, I, I my opinion is always that they you guys are a club that you never write off. So. Um, Again, good performance, mate. And, uh, yeah, I suppose for your point of view, be happy we did get that wrong. Yeah, well, in a way, yes. And what they did what they did do really well was a couple of the signings they did pick up, mostly players who were playing park cricket. And then the signing of Matt White, the ex-Manly first-grade bowler, his first year back in a cricket competition about three years. So certainly shaking the cobwebs off and um, starting to show some form towards the end of the year. Let's talk about a couple of the other players that really did shine throughout the the course of the season. And the first one that comes to mind was obviously we broke the news about it in our in the preview podcast, the signing for Pennant Hills of Adrian Isherwood. Yes, of course. Now he performed quite credibly, you'd say, Bull throughout the year, three hundred and thirty runs at forty seven. Uh, that's pretty handy. 22 wickets at 9.27. Uh, again, he was always going to make a huge difference uh, to Pennant Hills, but um, hard to, again, hard to say whether Pennant Hills will be happy with where they've ended up. But uh, again, he no doubt shown, and I can, uh, I suppose, a few of the, the Hurricanes boys could vouch. He's a quality cricketer. There's no question. Um, but some other fine performances as well throughout uh, the year, Bull. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the um, some of the other ones to to mention there. Tamadul Islam, you know, the centerpiece of this Balmain South Sydney lineup. But this year had some great support from the likes of Tanzalu Rahman and Abhishek Razada. Oh, oh indeed. The, the, again, I mean, the the thing about winning premierships is it's not a one man band. You need uh, several of your uh, players consistently performing, and that's what's happened. Um, and as you said, Islam's led the way, 37 wickets. Um, the next best, of course, in the wicket tally there, um, Jack Kovacic from Burr with 31 wickets. So, again, phenomenal uh, strike rate as well for him this year. So, 
again, a big part of why Burwood won the competition. Uh, well, sorry, South Sydney, Balmain. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Burwood very uh, very quickly as well, because of course they did make a, a big no- big bit of noise last year with the signing of Ryan Corns and Nick Govers into the into the lineup. Uh, this year they weren't available that often at all, but it has to be said that quite a few of their other players did step up during the season. Well, as you'd expect, Max Squire, uh, of course, ball three hundred and fifty one runs, uh, and just behind him, actually in in the the list of uh, first grade. Performances with the stick, uh, Tom Moffat, 344 34. So, uh, yeah, good couple of performances there. I mentioned Jack Kovacic just before. He was um, backed up by Brenton Wright, 21 wickets. Um, so, again, you've got two quality performances with the bat and ball. And, and uh, if you want to make finals cricket, that's what you need throughout the season. Was there was there a disappointment in that first grade um, competition, you thought, for mine? You know, you mentioned Pennant Hills. Being a disappointment for yourself was another. Was there any other teams in that in that um line in that lineup you thought really should have done better than they did? Uh it's it's hard not to probably. I think we predicted George's River would do a little better, but um, uh, probably a little bit of bias here. Definitely a lot of disappointment with um, Northwest Sydney. Uh, only one win, um, but some of the manner of some of the losses wasn't great. Um, so yeah, that that again without. I think that's even being without bias that they were probably the biggest disappointment this year. We then come to the grand final, which of course they they attempted to play on the grand on grand final day. The ground was completely underwater, as indeed was probably about half of Sydney during that time. So they've replayed the game at picturesque Dromoyne Oval. Not a bad upgrade for a grand final, is it? From Joe McAlee. I'd be happy. Well, I do do like Joe Mack, but I'd be happy to wait a week to play at Dremont. No yeah. question. Uh, again, that's great work from uh, the SCA to get that up and running. So they the grand final, the toss won by Bird, who sends Balmain South Sydney into bat. And you kind of think with the score that Balmain South Sydney put on a limited overs grand final, I think Bird might have been living to regret that decision. Well, again, runs on the board in finals cricket is always, you know, it's 99 out of 100 going to be a winner. And uh, uh, again, they've obviously, whether they that was a tactic or whether they've misread the conditions, um, but 215 for nine off their, their uh, 50 overs. Um, so that probably says to you, again, that wasn't a bad total. Again, consider the conditions. Um, but uh, in the end, that was... Uh, not even in 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 vision for Burwood. Uh, must have been quite a bowling display. Um, we said top score Brendan Wright nineteen, but only scoring eighty one in thirty one point five overs. Um, it's pretty hard to say the conditions um, played a huge part in that. Just quality yeah. cricket from South Balmain South Sydney. Absolutely, it was a brilliant performance by Balmain South Sydney. Of course, the Peter Tui medalist. The player of the final going to Scott McKeady, who scored what was you could arguably say was a match-winning 54, backed up by Arfan Haider with uh, 47. But uh, really, Balmain South Sydney battered them out of the game and Burwood had no answer for what is a very potent bowling attack from Balmain South Sydney. And must say, that doesn't happen to Burwood very often, Bull. Um, very often at all. So, again, that's a huge, huge result for the... Uh, Balmain South Sydney Club. What do we call them? Are, are, are they are they the, well, are they still the Rabbitohs? That's why I took a pause because I was trying to think of what their nickname might have been. But 
yeah, no, that's an interesting one. Maybe something we can address in future. What is the moniker? Yeah, if anyone from Bowmay South Sydney wants to tell us what the moniker is for the, the new club, let us know right here on uh, Triple H Sports. We'll move on to second grade. And really, it was after last season, it really was a case of normal service resuming in second grade, of course, traditionally being the tightest competition of all of the lot. It served it up once again. And then no doubt, once again, either one of Burwood or Warringah making the final. In this case, it was Burwood. And in the grand final, they just rock and rolled Auburn. Yes, well, again, they were the best. Again, by far, seven points clear, win ahead of Auburn. They were the best side all year. Um, and their quotient was well above anybody. Uh, so you expected them to be there, but they, I'd have to say, they were not too far away from not making that final. Northwest Sydney were in the box seat in that semi final, and, and they lost five for 15. Um, and you think, I, I think after that, that really uh, pushed Briars uh, into the next week. But uh, as you said, uh, tight competition up top, some quality teams there. Uh, as you said, in the top six. Um, but as you said, uh, the rivalry continued. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it has to be said that I, I think the team that surprised me the most in this was Auburn. Now, Auburn over the last couple of years, as you know, had had a bit of a player drain um, after a couple of years ago when they won the first grade competition with a, a brilliant lineup that include the Jalil brothers, the Bursa brothers as um, heading, up the, heading up the realms. Since then, they lost Waleed Jalil, who went to Mounties and then went over to Western Suburbs. They lost Matt Bursa, who went over to Bankstown. So they lost their sort of linchpins that forced them to drag players up, not only from within their own system, but then from other clubs. But they've then gone and actually made some very shrewd recruitment pickups, not least of which, and two guys you probably know quite well from having played against them, in Sean Bridges and John Goulding. Well, again, Auburn always on the front foot in recruitment. Um, yeah, so again, they they're, they're smart. Uh, they obviously saw that they had a bit of a a, a little bit of a uh, depth gap there. And they filled that quite well, as you've seen. Auburn cons- again, consistent performers amongst the the top two grades throughout the year, and I think that's shown through, as you said, through that. Um, vision to recruit and strengthen that um, that depth of theirs. So, again, as you said, he, uh, Sean Bridges, 271 runs, 54.20 average. Pretty handy average, you've got to say. Oh, uh, look, and, I, and Goulding ended up with 16 wickets at, at 11 and a look, half. I've, so. played, I've played against both of them. Sean Bridges, on his day, can take games away from with the bat. He has got one of the best eyes I've ever played against. Yeah, it's a big rap too, but that's again handy play, no question. Yeah, um, in the uh, in terms of the standings as well, a bit of a surprise in terms of who's to top the the stats there, and both plays from Warringah. Jared Collier, the twenty one year old, was absolutely outstanding. Three hundred and sixty two runs, an average of fifty one point seven one, and then Captain Luke Parkinson topping the wickets. But it had to be said that for Warringah, it was really much a situation that if both of those guys didn't fire then the rest of the team just really didn't go with them. Well, and and that's a – I was talking before about having 
again, for Balmain South in first grade, having guys that share the responsibilities around. And uh, again, you've you need guys to go with you. Uh, and and that's un- unfortunately what did not happen in the end for Warringah. But um, you, again, you get another guy scoring uh, again a, a two hundred runs or another guy uh, with you know fifteen to twenty wickets. Um, big difference. Absolutely. A couple of mentions from North uh, West Sydney in terms of the season that they had a very good season in second grade and really showing the improvement that the club had been through. But um, you want a quick mention of Alex Smith and Aiden Kane, both very solid with the bat this year. Yeah, Smudge. Uh, done, yeah, he did well. He was a consistent performer uh, and pro- yeah, probably the most consistent performer throughout uh, the club with the bat, um, you would say, and 195 at 19.5. Aiden Kane, revelation. Now, he played most of last year in threes, uh, started off in threes this year um, due to, a, uh, again, the player drain. He got the call up to twos. Um, opening bat um, did the job and uh, continued to do the job uh, and probably playing that that step up was probably exactly what he needed. So um, he's only young. He's only 19, um, but he, he will go well, um, I think, in future. And, uh, again, potential first-grade opener in, in, down the track. And a couple of other mentions in from going into that grand final as well. Of course, the toss won by Burwood sent Auburn in. Auburn rock and roll for 52 and a very familiar name to us in particular in, who led the bowling attack for them in Alex Vendrasco and a guy who, you know, for all intents and purposes, unlucky to not even be, to not be playing first grade. Well, that's the, that's the result of having a strong club is having guys that could walk into first grade, isn't it? That's, I suppose, as a club, exactly what you want. Um, Four for eighteen off ten in the final. Um, yeah, can't can't ask for much more than that. That again, no. absolutely destroyed Auburn, and it was game over from that point. I think the the moment he had the ball. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, congratulations to Burwood. They're taking it out in second grade. Uh, we then move on to third grade, and Maka, this is for all intents and purposes your story, and what a story it is. Northwest Sydney. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time you've won third grade in over 20 years and your first premiership in any competition in 12 years. I think that's, that is correct. Um, now, uh, North or Northwest Sydney or the, the, re-inca- the, the, the merger, I suppose, of uh, Holroyd and Hills. Uh, the first season was 2000, 2001. It's the first time the club has won third grade since um, uh, as the, the merged club. Uh, no question. Um, huge, huge rapper. Wentworthville uh, certainly won it back in 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 the day prior prior merger days. But uh, big deal for the club, no question. Um, bunch of old boys, five over forty year olds, um, bunch of young kids, and a couple in between. Um, yeah, it's hard, again, hard not to be biased, mate. For me. Uh, I think I played my first Shires game in 1990, my second Shires Premiership, um, something I'll never forget. I thought sp- specifically under the circumstances, it's been, it was tough. Obviously, we, we did quite well. Uh, only dropped a couple of matches. And I think it the turning point in the season was no doubt um, of the round 11 match versus Epping, where, uh, let's just say, I think a, a new rivalry has formed. 
Um, there's no love lost now between Epping and Northwest Sydney clubs, um, um, and, and that gave us a bit of a rattle. We didn't. We probably got through the season never playing our best cricket, to be honest. I think at the, the bowling wise uh, and fielding wise, we were great. Batting wise, we just snuck through. Um, and again, we didn't really have any consistent performance with the bat. Um, but again, tight competition, um, Strathfield, or, you know, never write Strathfield off. They've been up there for the last few years. They were worthy opponents in the final. Uh, Epping, uh, yeah, again, they, I think they played their final in round 11. Um, but uh, again, I've got to say, that's probably just me being a bit cheeky, but it was an absolutely wonderful um, semi-final. They went down by two runs, uh, went right down to the wire. And um, if they'd made it, they would have given Strathfield a nudge. I've got no question of that. I think those three teams, I think, split from the rest of the pack. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple of surprises in this one, in this competition in particular, to see the last year's grand finalists in Warringah and Lane Cove not even make the final. Now, Warringah were desperately unlucky missing out on quotient but it had to be said uh, and having seen the performances from earlier on in the season uh, they really cost themselves losing four games this year by either 20 runs or less or by two wickets or less it's just well, not closing games out and the Warringah you would expect um would probably win half of those games um yeah, yeah a lot of luck didn't go their way no question. Um, but I, to be honest, in, in the match that I played against them, it was actually down to a 20-over Duckworth-Lewis match, but I thought they were formidable. Um, and, and but yeah, you, I, you won't see them outside the six in 22-23 is mine, Michael. The um, I think the the other thing to um, the other thing to sort of mention with this one here is just how hard this competition, this particular grade, is to play because this is the cutoff point for a lot of player transfers when it comes to pathway arrangements between grade between the premier clubs and the shires club. It often happens at that third grade competition. So talk us through a bit in terms of your experience of having to. Um, manage the player movement, especially with the kids? Yeah, I, I think, Paul, to be honest, the player movement, I think a lot of that happens early on in the season. Um, now, we found a few players. Uh, one player that started with us ended up going to Parramatta full-time, started off going well, um, plays one game, gets a gets some runs, and then all of a sudden he's in the, in the, in the view there. And I suppose that's the difficult part with the with the pathways programs um, like yourself, like Roseville, uh, Auburn, etc., um, yeah, it's hard to know what you're going to get week to week. Um, but the at the end of the day, that it's there to provide opportunity for young cricketers. And I know from from our side this year, we unearthed a couple, or definitely one or two young potential stars. One 16 year old um, Noah Keast in, in our side um, who. Uh, got a chance from fifth grade, bang, killed it. And another kid that actually played, uh, he played Green Shield for Parramatta. He played two or three games for third grade and was nearly man of the match in all of them. Uh, young Tom McDonald, uh, he unfortunately couldn't qualify for third grade. But um, it's just an example. If you give kids an opportunity, uh, you know, some of them are going to take it with both hands. And that's what, uh, again, I think we're seeing at our club now is that depth in the lower grades and, and particularly um, in that uh, 15 to 18 age bracket. 
one thing that probably would have uh, pleased you no end was being able to enjoy a season up top with your good mate, um, the the snake himself, Shamara Patheranage. Um, yeah, an absolute gentleman on the field, a crafty bowler, and I dare say you would be no short of a story or two about this uh, this absolute gentleman. Oh, he's a cranky old man now, mate. Uh, no <laughs> question. Um, God love him. That's not nice. Uh, Come on. No, no, he knows it, mate. He knows it. But the thing is, he, he, uh, uh, great leader, great great fellow. Um, just you know, as long as I've known him, you just know exactly what he's going to do every week. He's going to bowl on uh, bowl on you know off stump. And hit the top of off stump, and he's going to move it away and swing a couple in. Mate, just again, he, the only problem now is he's um, struggling to get his arm around his belly. The, um, but um, no, mate, he uh, he's been great. Um, I think the guys all all warm to him. Um, funny enough, you mentioned the Hurricanes' last premiership was back in was it ten eleven? Yes, um, where he was captain and I played in that match. Um, and won that with him. And funny enough, it's actually he's the reason why I, 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 a big part of why I came back uh, so we could do this one more time and we did it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, great fella. But also probably make note, Bull, uh, former New South Wales cricketer in the side, Don Nash, um, scored hardly any runs, but, um, mate, he's absolute champion. And uh, his cricket now helped us in so many situations with fielding positions. Um so no, that was great. But uh, yeah, no, great, great for the club. Um, again, obviously, you know, the old fellas will start start sliding down, and uh, hopefully, uh, the younger ones will start coming through. The only thing you should never do with Don Nash, though, is to ever talk rugby league, especially from your side. I could imagine. No, no, he's been chirping up Manly Warringah since February, but um, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's just standard. Yeah, stand, standard. Um, shit talking in that regards there. So um, from from the batting side as well, before we do go to the break, and indeed it does take us into the the final, that final itself, um, the Strathfield um, batting, Abhishek uh, Chaudhary, 258, uh, you would have thought would have been the linchpin of what is a very, you know, all-rounded Strathfield liner, which really does spell wonders as to how critical it was to knock them over for 127 in that final so quickly. No, it was uh it was it was a big it was a big effort. There's no no question. Uh uh I think probably oh, again down quality of our bowling against their batting. They are quite a quality batting side as you know. Uh and in the end it was just the, the build up of pressure from the, the Hurricanes bowlers that saw them through. But uh, as you said uh again they uh Although they've got one guy up there, 250 runs, it just shows you that, again, the, the load has been spread around their bats, um, which, again, which is important if you're going to be successful. And then your your run chase to get it um, in 29.5 overs, adjusted under Duckworth Lewis, Trent Stubbs, a brilliant innings, and a man, a player of the final performance, 58 not out, really ended up being the difference between the two teams. Oh, great story, Stubbsy. Um, I'll just note too the um, the target was to be, uh, or the match was reduced, should I say, or uh, to thirty six overs. So that one hundred and ten was required in thirty six overs. Um, Hurricanes always ahead of the run rate. Two early wickets. Um, Nash and, and Dobson, the openers. Reed, Reed again, another of the Hurricanes 
uh, former first and second grade captain of the Hurricanes. Handy, very handy bloke to have come back out of retirement. Um, but uh, again, Stubbs, former Collingwood AFL draftee and professional AFL player, randomly turned up to the club, I don't know, about four or five rounds into the season. Um, mates with a lot of the Parramatta guys, um, wanted a game of cricket and, uh, yeah, um, fit in like a like a glove and uh, it was wonderful to see him single-handedly um, win the match for us because it was likely that he wasn't going to play. He broke and fractured his finger in the semi-final, so um, it was likely that he wasn't going to play. And must have been uh, must have been fun knocking over um, two G former two GB contributor and food and wine expert Ben Maloof in that final as well. Oh, he's a good fellow. I got a oh, listen. Um, full credit to Strathfield again. Was played in good spirit, but you know he's a they're good, great guys. They're a great bunch he, of guys. Yeah, I, we, I said we played hard, but we, I think we played fair. And again, I think that our side has got to know. Uh, them over the last couple of years had some good battles. I think there's some mutual respect. But, yeah, no, again, full credit to him and his his leadership there. Right, well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to go through the rest of the grades and talk about what we could have in store next year for Shires Cricket. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com. Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports, and Business Plaza. We'll be right back. It's time for the crew to catch their breath. We'll be back after this short break. Do you think the government deserves more of your hard-earned money? If not, make sure you talk to Atlas Chartered Accountants. Atlas Chartered Accountants makes sure the money you earn stays in your pocket through legal tax planning strategies, from finding that last tax deduction to tax-effective business structures for asset protection purposes so you can invest in what really matters, your family and business. Visit their website at ihatetax.com.au. Atlas Chartered Accountants. They are dedicated to you and dedicated station sponsors of Triple H 100.1 FM. Hornsby RSL Club, your perfect place to catch up with friends and family. With dining options ranging from modern Australian favourites in the courtyard, authentic Asian cuisine from Keku, or delicious wood-fired pizzas from Level 1, there is something for everyone to enjoy. Join us weekly for entertainment activities such as trivia, meat raffles, bingo and free live music, or grab some tickets to see one of our first-class entertainment acts in the showroom. Thinking of holding an event? Let our friendly events team guide you through every step to create the perfect event for any occasion. Visit our website at hornsbrsl.com.au for further details. Hornsby RSL Club, proud sponsors of Triple H. Want to look your sporting best on and off the field? Then make sure you get kitted out with ISC Sport Teamwear. ISC Sport are Australia's leading name in custom sports uniforms with a wide range of sportswear tailored to your team's needs. 100% Australian-owned and fully customisable, ISC Sport cover all four winter codes and cricket, basketball, netball and hockey, as well as training and outerwear, ensuring you look the part when representing your community. As Dom Rizzuto would say, look sharp and play pretty with ISC Sport. Visit their website, iscsport.com, for more information. ISC Sport, official clothing partners of Triple H 100.1 FM. Streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au. 
Bowling is back in Hornsby. The Attic offers a 10-pin bowling experience like no other, with Australia's first ever augmented reality scoring experience that will take your game to a whole new level. With a selection of traditional and custom-built arcade games, the Attic Entertainment Precinct is complete with a bar and lounge area to keep you entertained for hours. Specialising in kids' parties and celebrations, the Attic at Hornsby RSL Club is perfect for your next special event. Whether it be an afternoon out with the kids or a night out with friends, it will be an unforgettable occasion that will bowl you and your guests over. Visit our website, theattichornsby.com.au for more information. The Attic, proud sponsors of Triple H. Welcome back to Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. Welcome back to Splinters, the bench podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports and Business Plaza. Anthony Bull Caruso with Dave McDonald from Alive FM joining me to talk the wrap of the Sydney Shires cricket season for 2021-22. We've just gone through the top three grades. We're now going to move on to fourth grade. And, well, if we thought that um, the dom- a little bit of the domination came out from Balmain, South Sydney in first grade, Macca, that, that would pale in significance to the absolute whooping that Warringah gave the competition in fourth grade. Yeah, quality performance from them. Uh, no question, mate. Uh, 64 points, uh, 13 points ahead of Northwest Sydney, who I must say fell away a little bit at the end. A couple of losses uh, in the last few rounds did not help them. But uh, again, massive quotient, 1.67, well above anybody. Um, deserved premiers and, uh, uh, as you said, just continue to set the benchmark down in fourth grade. Absolutely. They have gone back-to-back, whereas the grand final last year was, as you remember, an absolute tight walk with Warringah squeaking over by five runs. This grand final here, well, it couldn't have been any more diametrically opposed with Warringah electing to bat, scoring 176 off 49.1 overs. And what was a very slow... Uh, Weldon Oval, thanks to the weather. So 176 probably felt like out there, Macca, like it was about 220-230. Well, again, runs on the board is so key, and, and that's, again, a quality quality score on a, on a tough outfield. Um, and, again, Nino Morrison, 67. That, uh, again, pretty tough for him to miss out on play of the final. But uh, we'll talk about how he got pipped there. Um, but, uh, again, Mounties, again, they would have at least by bowling Warringah out, um, they would have at least had a, a feeling they were in with a chance, but to be honest, mate, they never got out of the gates. They never got out of the gates, um, because Ben Cook with the new pill decided he'd come in and just casually take, I can't believe I'm about to say this, six for 27 off his 10 overs and absolutely obliterated the top border. It was almost a repeat performance of what we saw in the fourth grade final last year where Josh Lawson off his 17 overs took five for 47. This 15-year-old absolutely dominating players, double his age. Ben Cook doing the same thing. Guys, double his age and he's bowled not, not nearly as quickly or as much swing as Lawson did last season. 
but just that nagging top of off length, not giving anyone an opportunity to play anywhere. And Mounties just looked all at sea in that grand final. Yeah, 25 overs. They they survived for 71. Pretty dominant performance. And uh, what I would guess, Paul, that uh, a player you might not see at Warringah next year? Oh, no, he'll be around. He'll be around. He's already confirmed he's got no interest of going to Manly. He wants to stay at Warringah. Well, good signs. So, That's very uh, formidable performance from from him in the final. And also, Gus, two for 13. Uh, Gus, Gary, uh, Jerry, of course, two for 13 of 6.2. Um, but if you look at uh, the performances again, those, those men again, and uh, Warringah, uh, Kel Morrison, 254 runs, Cook, 171, and then 22 wickets. Uh, and Ben Rouse, 19 wickets. Again, quality all across the board for the Greenmen. Now, I do want to mention that Northwest Sydney side because I did have the opportunity to play against them, and it was actually uh, quite a solid lineup and a very strong bowling attack. But I wanted to raise, in particular, the Broshovsky family because I hadn't actually seen them before, but a couple of handy cricketers in this lineup. Yes, the Broshovsky Mafia, I like to call them. Um yeah, no, three brothers. Um, something we've—I uh, don't, I don't think we've ever had three brothers play together before. Um, but uh, yeah, no, great guys of uh, and uh, performed well. Um, young Sam, the youngest of the of the, of the lot, he uh, needs a spinner. Um, but uh, I think uh, not only again Peter uh, Peter's uh, quality bat as well. Michael can still handle the stick as well, but. Um, Again, uh, they uh, they're big boys. Uh, apart from Sam's growing they up, they're big boys. They're, they're they're big. Wouldn't, you wouldn't argue with them, but uh, no, no, great guys perform well. And I think the thing for Northwest Sydney fourth grade, it's four guys in the top ten um, uh, um, in terms of wickets. Adam Calero, throw him in there. Um, probably again, uh, and I think probably a, 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 probably also down to a bit of the way the season went. Batting uh, again. Probably only Peter was consistent enough with the bat. Now there was a like your third grade lineup. There's this was a lineup where you did draw on a lot of kids coming through the ranks, and there was I think it was one in particular that I, I remember came. You brought him in and probably played one of the most patient, controlled innings I, I had seen in some time. Was Neil Kanbagamath, um made his debut in fourth grade this year and was twenty seven not out at the end of the innings against Warringah, but I'll tell you what, watching him bat, I'm sitting here thinking, how has he been kept down in the in the um in the lower grades for that long? Because he looked class. Yeah, I think also uh, it's been a really tough season. I think probably most clubs would attest to the fact that you're playing one day cricket. Um pretty hard for batsmen. Uh, and also the types of wickets we've been playing on due to the con- wet conditions and it, the, the wickets you would say haven't been overly uh, in the batsman's favour all year. So it has been tough, but you know, I, I, I've heard a lot of positive feedback from him and um, uh, it's just a matter of giving guys like that an opportunity. But um, that's real positive from you to give one of our guys a rap, mate. Thank you.
Bull. Sorry, I just realized I muted myself. So let's try that again. Oh. <laughs> oh, so, one, yeah, I know, I know. Well, where, the, where? I know, yeah. I know where I know where I was. Okay. I know where I was. So yep. I'll pick it up cool. from there. So, no, no, no problem. He's a very. Uh, it was a very handy play when we played against him. One of the other player you mentioned, Kel Morrison. Um, the two hundred fifty-four runs that he scored this year was completely off the second half of the season. He didn't play the first half. Well, that's so. That's uh pretty. Pretty impressive stats when you when you think about that because if you look across all the grades and, and the amount of runs scored, uh, yeah, said if he'd played a full season, he probably would have been uh, right up there. You would think amongst all of Shires. Absolutely. We then move on to one of the big changes that occurred uh, this year, Macca, and it was the decision to make Tim Creer Cup a fully fledged fifth grade competition. So now Shires goes down to five grades. This the um and seeing how the competition was laid out, there were conjecture about how it was going to be run. It ended up being run like the old Tim Career Cup, with all of them being one day matches and forty overs aside. Um, and in the end, Burwood taking out the uh, the competition after how many attempts to play the grand final. Uh, what was your thoughts in to in to start off with about expanding Shires to a fifth grade? I'm I'm I've got to say I'm a fan of it. Uh, I think it's a great idea. Um, I obviously I had a couple of years break from Shires, come back and there's Tim Career Cup, Chapelo, Metro. It's all confusing. Um, so I think it just helps with clubs in, in, in particularly clubs with the pathway. Um, you know, if you to have a specific fifth grade, but the only problem with that um, bull is ground availability. You ideally you want it to be in line with the other four grades by being played on Saturday, but it's just not possible with. You know, many clubs only having two grounds, and, and this is the this is the difficult. You got two difficulties with it. That's one of them is in terms of the ground availability. I mean, I can tell you that from Warringah's perspective, and I think a few of the other clubs, they may have three grounds, but it could be every other week that they actually end up having three grounds. For some of the other clubs, it's just simply not possible, and they're relying on taking grounds away from local competitions to be able to facilitate this. The other thing I would I put it to you as well is the standard of that fifth grade competition because a lot of the, quite a few of the Shires clubs were actually playing what would probably amount to their sixth grade team in that fifth grade competition and playing what would amount to be their fifth grade team in Metro Cup being a strong competition. Yeah, fair call, definite. I'd, I'd agree that, that, but I think, again, it's only in its first year. So I think it just needs some definition as to what, you know, why, Fifth grade is now part of Shires. Well, um, if there's club championship points, it's there for a reason. So I think that'll change. Um, you know, and I mean, you guys didn't have a side in there, so obviously you've had the view that Metro Cups um, fine. The probably the other challenge too is Metro Cups. You're playing against some grade clubs, and, and some of them it might be their sixth grade side. So I mean, there's yeah, it's a bit to weigh up there as to what's the best option. But I'm in favour of it. I think. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's smart if we're going to have all these competitions that as many of them as possible are aligned with Shires so, um, and having something to play for um, in terms of club, apart from within the competition itself, being club championship points. Well, I think that was the, it was the two things that was being, I can tell you now, it was the two things being tossed up was going to be the quality of the competition and then the club championship points. 
Um, given that the number of points that were expected to be given from the club championships for fifth grade was only going to be half a point a game. So it was going to be a question of, well, do we really want to? In the end, Warringah ended up, it had to be, it has to be stated, Warringah ended up winning um, Metropolitan Cup, the first shyest club to do it in the, in the competition history. But at what cost? Because as you can see, as you will see later on, it probably had huge ramifications on what happened in the club championships. Well, that's a decision again. You, uh, the club individually got to make, and I suppose again, it's it's brand new. It's a new concept, um, and I think clubs will end up adapting to that. Um, but it is a challenge, as you said, putting aside in fifth grade for club championship points, or wanting your, I suppose your younger teams playing against, um, you know, other grade club opposition. The other challenge, the, part of the issue that we see with the um, the fifth grade competition, something that's probably clubs will need to address going forward, is as you say, how you handle that fifth grade competition. Is it a is it a sort of a, a glorified park competition, or is this a, a competition that you're trying to genuinely give some exposure for people who want to cut their teeth on a competition that could eventually de- help them develop into being semi, at least semi serious cricketers. Um, you look at the example of, say, Northwest Sydney, who would probably have been treating in the right way by trying to blood kids going through that competition. But then you look at some of the other clubs who played almost the same team the whole way through, and they're often made up of just a whole bunch of mates all playing together in a fifth-grade competition. Now, yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's where we need, I think, some clarity around the different competitions between Tim Creed Cup, fifth grade, Metropolitan Cup and Chapel Oak Cup. Um, for I, I can tell you, our club used it as a as a genuine part of the selection process. You know, you were in fifth grade because you want to try and go to fourth grade, to go to third grade, to go to second grade. Um, that's how our club utilised it, and that's probably the way it's pro- I, I think it should be intended. Agreed, absolutely agreed. So. Uh, let's see what happens in the next couple of years when it comes to the uh, to the to fifth grade going forward. We then move on to what is a crucial part of the Sydney Shire's um, tapestry of competitions, you could say, and it is the Frank Gray Shield. Now, Maka, you and I can sit here and proudly say that our two clubs, joint premiers of the competition, and if it wasn't for the rain, I think we would have had a ding-dong of a grand final. Yeah, no question, and I'll make it very clear that Northwest Sydney did really want to play that final, um, despite I think some of your boys' uh, views. Now, uh, there's no question that uh, it w- would have been great to reignite the rivalry of the mid uh, last decade. Um, some ding dong battles in semi-finals and in a number of finals in a row, um, particularly for Northwest Sydney since the merger. It's the first time. The club has ever won Frank Gray Shield. It's another pretty feather in the cap for the club. Um, and uh, again, back to what you said before, probably a signal to the pathway. Um, uh, again, and this definitely the best side in the Sydney Thunder Conference. Um, and uh, Warringah, again, in, on the Sydney Sixers side, um, you know, far and away the best side. Um, and it would have been a wonderful final, no question. Um uh, yeah, I don't know if you can – you really – it would have been hard to pick a winner, I've got to say, but um, some quality performances um, throughout uh, the competition. 
Yeah, absolutely. Let's go through a couple of the players. So we start off with the bat on the on the batting side, and from Northwest Sydney, uh, the three names coming up there to mention: Hasindu Selahiwa with 217 runs, Lachlan Apps with 161, and you mentioned Smudge himself, Alex Smith with 146. Yeah, again, uh, again, that's what you need. You need guy uh, a number of guys scoring runs. Um, yeah, again, uh, uh, Hasindu again was an absolute standout in first grade this season. Before, probably didn't have as good a season in first grade as he hoped, but scored a wonderful one, wonderful century, uh, and he is quality. Um, just that Lachlan Apps again, he uh, quality left hand bat. Now, he, we certainly won't be seeing him again. He'll be in uh, the two blue colours next year. Um, but also, no, Mark Howlett, 18 wickets, um, mate, uh, played third grade in the final, um, which, again, is a testament to the Frank Gray competition. Um, but, again, like I, one, though, I do want to point out one thing, mate. Jamie McLeod from Burwood, 343 runs at 57. Oh, God, yeah. I'd uh, again. I'd like to have to go back through the records, but that's that's got to be uh, one of the best in uh, the last few seasons. That's a uh, quality. That's strike. a it, it's a it's a brilliant performance there. Three hundred forty three runs, especially considering that you only end up playing five games throughout the course of the season. I am actually going to have a bit of a sneaky peek to see if I can um to to see if I can find the the record for that. So this will be something very interesting to to see in that regards. But the other, um, the other performance I should man- mention from Moringa's side is Ronit Mahajan with 15 wickets at just nine. This is what this is one of the players who Waringa actually picked up from um, the park, and he came in being recruited and not knowing whether he was going to be someone that could handle the um, the standard of Shire's cricket. He genuinely didn't didn't know. Well, 19. Uh, sorry, 15 wickets at nine in the competition, if you don't mind. Not a bad performance by someone who had no idea whether he's going to be up to the task of the competition. Yeah, that's that's pretty handy, got to say. Um, and, and that's what Shires clubs are all about, is giving guys like that a go and you know giving them an opportunity to uh, try their hand. And what a performance. But probably also note to... Um, Mitch Betts from George's River, 13 at 8.6. Uh, that's not a bad uh, return either. No, it's um, not. And also four Epping players amongst that top 10 as well. Um, Epping, of course, made the semifinals, were well beaten by uh, Northwest Sydney. But uh, again, some consistent performances there uh, amongst that lot. But uh, again, such a shame. Everything done to try and get the final going, um, despite all the efforts of the club, particularly wearing a club. But uh, Mother Nature was not going to let that happen, unfortunately. I don't think Mother Nature in the mood was was in the mood for any cricket for this season. By the way, the way it sort of been she'd been behaving herself. So, but you know, it is what it is. Um, congratulations to both clubs, uh, Northwest Sydney, their first um, their first premiership as a merged club for Warringah. It should be noted their tenth premiership in the competition, um, the first club to do that in in Frank Gray Shield history. Uh, the only thing I do have to ask Macker, to the best of your knowledge, any of the players aging out from that Northwest Sydney lineup? No, no, no I believe I believe from Warringah, I 
don't think anyone ages out from their team either. No. So the yeah, likelihood this, yeah, sorry, mate, uh, likelihood this team could stay together for another two years, three years at least. I think before, um, I think the, the 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 bulk of them are around the twenty years age mark. Yeah, same, age mark. same same with Warringah. So uh, there could be a, quite a few years where these two teams are going to be battling it out at the top of the the ladder in the Frank Ratio competition, which leads us to the club championships. And Burwood have won the club championship for the 10th time in succession. But it has to be said that this is the closest that anyone had come to beating Burwood for the club championship in that run. Yes, they certainly didn't lead it from start to finish. That's uh, that's no lie. But yet again, the quality of the club shines through. Um, and if we just go back to fifth grade, uh, when we look at this difference, 4.5 points the difference that, um, as you said, fifth grade, no Warringah, that could have changed the dial. That's two wins. That's all it is. Or a That's win correct. in any other competitions. That's correct. Uh, also, no, Warringah were ahead at some stage. Northwest Sydney actually were ahead before Christmas. Um, but, uh, again, I think... Uh, Warringah are up five places this year. Some big improvements. A few clubs that dropped down the the, the rankings this year. Um, eping down two places. I think the Hurricanes coming into that. And Auburn also with a better season coming in third. Um, but my, do you think, Bull, that someone is going to get there very soon and finally end this dynasty um, that has become almost impenetrable? I think I think it could well happen. I think the you know the, for the for the first time in a while, I think Burwoods have finally shown that there is may just be a chink in the armor, that that generational play may be starting to end. Although it has to be said that it it has been known for some time that that one day cricket is not entirely their strong point. They are a two day team, and where they where they are a two day club, and where they built their strength in particular is their ability to grind out outright wins, especially on bowler friendly pitches like you can get from time to time at Rothwell Park. Oh no question, um, and they they're really good at getting those in the lower grades, and as I said, across the board. So. That's uh, where that uh, they've had so so um, many dominant performances in the club championship. But yeah, I think we did predict that the the club championship would be affected by the one day cricket, and we saw a closer uh, competition this year uh, in that. So again, Dave Dave Triple off the Burwood again uh, again. But I think it's going to be a lot tighter next year. Oh, I think it could well be, especially as teams now look to readjust themselves back to traditional um, two-day cricket. Before we go um, to finish off the show, um, some discussion points that sort of came out in terms of what was going to be happening with the with the competition itself. You know, this is the second or third year in a row now that the Shires competition has played with 13 teams. Uh, indeed, uh, for those who do, don't know or don't remember, Macquarie University, the 14th club, they had to pull out of the competition due to unavailability of grounds, due to the cost of the ground usage at, um, at Macquarie University itself. It was then confirmed last year that they would not be returning. In fact, correct me if I'm wrong, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Macca, but the club has formally folded. Um, I believe they haven't folded as such. They actually have a, uh, have a team 
in the Northern Districts Cricket Association. Um, so they are still alive, but not in Shires Cricket. Ah, okay. So they've, they've dropped all the way. Yeah, you're right, actually. The Northern Cricket Union, they were, they were playing in, in the fifth grade competition. Um, so that's where they've dropped all the way back to, but that would be playing on, um, that would be playing on Astro Fields. And in fact, when I look at it, they were in fact playing at Ron Payne Oval out the back of North Epping. There you go. That's a so, quite a uh, step back and such a shame. I've got a lot of fond memories of playing at Macquarie Uni over the years. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, with that, it does beg the question of what's going to happen over the next couple of years with competitions now moving forward. Are we going to see an eventual return to 14 teams or could we see the competition drop back further to 12 teams, especially with the news that one particular club has been given a show cause as to why they should stay in in Sydney Shires cricket? There's no question 13 teams is not ideal. Um, the buy, um, again, when you've got a mix of two-day and one-day cricket, uh, it's the buy just simply is not 100% fair. So I, I, I've got no question that I think everyone would like to see an even amount of teams, but how that happens is another question. Um, now, uh, you, so I suppose the way we look at that is, is there more possibility of a club discontinuing to participate in Sydney Shires or us picking up another club? And if so, where would that be from? Well, the the only thing that could come to mind in terms of where you would put the club would be, you know, somewhere like a St Mary's, for example, um, or near out near Penrith Way where you've got a decent-sized catchment that could pick up from that greater Western Sydney region far beyond the, the realm, say, for example, beyond North where, where Northwest Sydney would reach out to, for example. So it doesn't hurt your catchment, but it opens up a brand new catchment to go after. Uh, yeah. Would be one area to sort of certainly look at. But, you know, the other option is do you go down to 12 teams, which would then mean that you could potentially play more two-day games, making it even fairer. But at the same time, who do you drop? And do you drop? And does it come then bring to the question about this one particular club? Well, that's an issue out of our hands. Um, you know, if if that eventuates, that eventuates, um, and I'll even it up. But you know, I mean, we've got to think about that. That's not going to happen. Um, for mine, I really the only real region in Sydney you could even think about a new team, a new club would be the Camden area, and I'm sure there's a lot of clubs on the North Shore. Well, I could imagine you travelling from the beaches to the Camden area for a game. I know, obviously, Premier Cricket, they Campbelltown, Camden are there, but that's where the growth is around the between, um, say, Norellan and the new airport. Um, Oran suburbs like Oran Park, Harrington Park, all down there. But as you said, it's going to. But like I said, I can't see uh, an hour and a half's travel being too enticing for a game of cricket. Well. I mean, I'm used to it because of you know I, I've been used to having to travel about an hour to see my then girlfriend, who's now my wife. So, but I don't think there'd be too many more from the northern beaches who'd be able to handle that. So, um, and girlfriends are, t- are two totally different prospects, mate. I, I don't. You don't need to tell me that twice. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, you know, and, and don't worry, I'm under pressure. I'm now well and truly under pressure from her and the rest of the family to um, to retire. And all I can say is that shan't be happening. Not when it gives not not when it gives me a Saturday to myself for a change. <laughs> I shouldn't say that too loudly, actually. So. Um, <laughs> and, uh, before, before Roxanne comes in to absolutely throttle me, I think we better call stumps on this episode of a splinters and what a pleasure it was to wrap up this competition and, uh, let's get set and hope we were able to come to a season where we will be COVID free. My thanks to David McDonald for joining us. And, uh, we should give a special plug for yourself as well. Not only working your magic with NPL TV and with the Western Sydney Two Blues and the rugby, but you still pop up from time to time on a live FM as well. When I can, yes, of course. A live 90.5 FM community radio station of Parramatta, Cumberland and the Hills. Uh, yeah, I might be able to pop my head in there, but, but pretty busy this winter, mate. Um, but uh, again, looking forward to uh, summer again and back into plenty more cricket. Uh, hopefully this winter season will go very quickly. Absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is Splinters, the Bench Podcast on Triple H 100.1 FM, streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcast.com, Apple Store, YouTube Music, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, and all good podcast sites. We do it all for Atlas Chartered Accountants, The Post, The Hornsby RSL, ISC Sports, and Business Plaza. On behalf of Dave McDonald, I'm Anthony Caruso. Run hard or run home. Good night. Thank you for joining us for Splinters, your no-holds-barred sports podcast. You can also find us streaming on the web at www.triplehfm.com.au and available for download at podcasts.com and all good podcast and streaming sites.